When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell us about your uh, dog life journey. Ah, okay, well, tell us. Um, well, my name is Marco de Kerk. Uh, I live in the Netherlands. Uh, I breed Staffordshire Bull Terriers with the Quinlan prefix. Uh, I founded the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Sporting Club, the Netherlands, and from that followed uh, the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Sporting Club of Norway, uh, France, uh, Italy, uh, um, United States, even Finland, Denmark, and uh, uh, and so on. Uh, I, I organize an annual event known as the Dutch Stafford Athletics, uh, in which we test uh, the, the bull breeds. It's for pit bulls as well as it is for Staffords uh, uh, in a... In a explicit way but still very humane mm-hmm. and um, uh, we, we have on, on each event we have uh, about 120 dogs competing um, I started I started these dogs these particular dogs I, I grew up with dogs I, I, I can't remember not having a dog by my side but that, well, with these with these bull breeds I started back in 1988 1989 uh, I happened to found a, a pit bull and it was a little bit uh, uh, torn to pieces by another dog, I think. I brought it home. I looked it after, and we, we became mates, and he, he lived with me until old age. Um, just a couple of years later, we went on to a, to a dog show, and we were looking for well, for the American Staffordshire Terriers and, and, and stuff like that. And uh, it was my wife saying, for well, Marco, I think, I think you should come and, and see these. I think this, these, are, these are way more what you like. And she brought me to the ring of Staffordshire Bull Terriers. And I think, I think it was 1990, something like that. And uh, since, since then, since then, I'm involved, basically. Wow. Uh, can you talk about your evolution with Staffies and, and what really... Um was the deciding factor for you to to go deep into them? Um, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a dog trainer by profession. Okay. And um, uh, what, what we notice is when we, when you have a retriever or you have a shepherd or or any, even when you have a kelpie or a border collie with, with a high drive in, in the work that they used to do, you can... Uh, you can you can always find alternatives for what what they were originally bred for. Um, when when you have uh, a Staffordshire Bull Terrier or a Pitbull or an Amstaff, and then it's very hard to say, well, okay, uh, find an alternative for uh, for fighting. Um, and and it was something like well, as as a, as a trainer or dog, I always struggled with with the parts where I said, well, I can't. Uh, uh, I can't, I can't find a way to, to please the dog with, with the things that really there because it, 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 it does not suit their, their, uh, their nature. So basically from, from training them, I, I got involved and, and it, it got me in deeper. And I started with, with, uh, with the idea of trying to find a way that these dogs could be themselves uh, without doing the damage or without, without having to harm themselves. And... Uh, uh, growing, being grown up with dogs, uh, breeding is, is um, uh, well was 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 a natural step to do. On the on the other hand, I must say that uh, I am a dog trainer breeding dogs, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not uh, a dog breeder training dogs, and that's that's a very big difference. I I, I breed dogs uh, that I can train, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that is how I got in that's how I got in and then I started with, with well, I must say, without being too disrespectful but I, I started with, with the dogs that were available back in the day they were complete crap dogs yeah. um, there, there weren't there were not many many uh, really good solid dogs a lot, a lot of lot of a lot was wrong with them to, mm-hmm. to solve so there was a challenge in, in breeding as well yeah mm-hmm. 
uh, what I want is that above all is, is, is the, the, the correct temperament. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you want you always want the staffy to be a little bit the bad boy in the classroom, if you know if you know what I mean. It's, yeah. You don't want him to be uh, a complete psychopath, but you want him to be the, 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 the naughty one. You want him to be the one that gets, gets into trouble. And a good staffer, I've always said, a good staffer will bring you into trouble. It's their nature. Um, uh, that, that's what I seek for. If, if I look at a dog, uh, and, and when the eyes do not sparkle, full of life, when, when they do not give you that liveliness in their expression, uh, they, they, they won't be no good for me. I, I really want that that expression in their eyes. I really want that, and I want I want them to have a body that can that can live up to to what that mind is is, is planned to do. So, uh, soundness is very, very important for me. So, uh, I really want the dog to, to, to move very good. I want the dog to have good, strong top lines and, and deep briskets. I want them to breathe easily. And that's a very difficult thing uh, on Staffords because uh, I, I think a lot more than, than in Pitbulls. Uh, well, you know, basically, it's a little bit the same as what you see today with the, the, the original Pitbull. And, and the bully is itself. Yeah. Uh, basically, the Stafford has, has undergoing the same the same history when when they took these dogs to dog show. Um, when 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 they say uh, the, the 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 front legs should be wide apart, they didn't understand that it should be wide apart because the front compared to the back has to be just a little bit more heavy boned, you know, to 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 not be destroyed by the first bite that another dog gave on gave on the legs. So they, they start breeding dogs with, with chests way too wide. When, when, when then somebody starts to say they should be should have a barrel rib case and, and they, they were um, breeding dogs that, that could not even fu- uh, functionally breed. So um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of things uh, going on in, in Staffords that, that, uh, that are so easily exaggerated because the majority of people involved with these dogs do not have what it takes to know uh, what these dogs should be should be about, mm-hmm. and and it's often it's often better to explain to people to say okay if you understand if you want to understand the uh, the standard of the Staffordshire Bull Terrier that we all should be breeding for, uh, it's better to look at the ADBA standard the way this description is is, is is done, and then just make that dog a little bit smaller than it is, and then you're closer to what it should be than the exaggerations that people build on it nowadays. So that is, that's it. I prefer them to be around 15, 16 inch for a female, a 16, 17 inch maximum for, for a male. Um, the, the weight depends, but I prefer them to be a little bit on the light side. I don't like, I like a dog to be too heavy. Uh, they take too much air, they, they gain too much muscle. Uh, on these size, so if I look at the average for my males, they are in between 15, 15 to sixteen kilos. Uh, I, I can't, can't I can't tell you exactly how many pounds that is, but uh, in between fifteen sixteen kilo for a male suits me fine. Uh, Thirteen to fifteen kilo for a female will do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the sporting event that you do and and what all does that entail? Oh yeah, I can I can talk about that. I, I just talked over the all the entire weekend because we, we've got this COVID nineteen lockdown, yeah. and normally I do it this weekend. So it, it's, it's always at Easter weekend, uh, and it uh, uh, it couldn't. It, I had to cancel it. The government told me told me I couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a, it's a discipline. It's a, no, it's a uh, it's a, a tournament based on ten different athletic disciplines. So try to understand that it's going to be uh, A-frame, long jumping, high jumping, 10-mile bike race, 50-meter uh, sprint, 100-meter sprint, drag pull, um, hang time, tug of war, and I'm, I'm missing one, uh, track mill. Track mm-hmm. So these, these 10 disciplines are... Uh, uh, actually, uh, they, they are done uh, in, in, in two days uh, to be finished on, on second Easter day. On Monday morning, we, we finished the tournament with a, with a 10-mile bike race. And uh, we, we count all the scores. The scores are written down in an application, and the application calculates the scores. And, and then you have, at the end of, the, of it, the dog that, that collects the most points has, has won the, the tournament. 
Oh, that's awesome. And it, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a system that we'll be doing now. This is this this year would have been, I think, I think it would be the twelfth uh, event uh, that we will do. And uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 fantastic. It's it's, it's uh, all the all the, the sports are made from from what 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 all the bull and terriers in their nature like to do. You know, yeah. every bull and terrier that you have. It has has a tendency to grab things and to shake it and to battle and and, and to to to, to uh, they need challenges and uh, every dog originally that was used for a little bit of of, of contest in in the way of, of of fighting or whatever they also needed some air so we test also test the air uh, by giving them a ten mile bike race um, uh, and 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 the, the stuff is they are impressive really. Um, if, if you come compare to, we have pitbulls competing and 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 bull terriers, American Staffordshire terriers, uh, and, and and the Staffordshire bull terriers. For the moment, the world records in all sports are kept by Staffordshire bull terriers. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we, we we often hear that uh, the, the pitbull is, is is a very large group and they, they have a big 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 group of fans. Um, and some of them are really exceptional. I must, I must say, we have some here in the Netherlands. And then you look at them, then you think, "Oh my God, beautiful, beautiful performing animals." Mm-hmm. But what we did in this this Dutch Stafford Athletics, and, and later on we, we called it the Stafford Olympics because there were so many countries involved organizing this event. Um, uh, when when uh, when we look at that, we everything is calculated down to the size of the dog, mm-hmm. and uh, that that gives that gives the contest. A complete uh, different view. What we did is we we, we valued certain results mm-hmm. towards uh, the, the the belt system of the similar like karate. So you you, you you can you can grade up up until the black star, and then that's the highest level that you uh, that you need to do for your championship. So when you got ten black stars, uh, our organization calls your dog uh, a champion. Okay, and. Um, a 14-inch dog, uh, for instance, on a track mill, they need to run 85 times uh, 40 meters mm-hmm. uh, in 10 minutes. But when you have an 18-inch pit bull, he needs to run 105. Oh, okay. Now, that, that's that's a that's a handicap rule there, and it's uh, but it's a fair handicap rule. We see that that it happens. We see that the the, the larger dog, an 18-inch dog, can can easily do that. We but we, we even see a 14-inch Staffordshire Bull Terrier doing 100, 108, 109. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 15-inch Staffordshire Bull Terrier has already done 112. A lineup, and they say we, we all have a black a black star. Then, of course, the largest dog has gained the most most points, and he, and he will win mm-hmm. because at the end that that has done uh, the most. Mm-hmm. So it's it's still fair, um, even though there is a handicap. The handicap is only where the black star is is given. But as soon as the black star is given to a, a larger dog compared to the smaller dog, then the larger dog will win over the smaller dog. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 it, it, it proven to be over the years a very fair uh, calculation of points in a very very fair uh, scale in in how the dogs perform, and, and it's it's um, it's a very interesting competition to follow. Um, there is in the United States at this moment Scott Ashwood. Uh, he lives in Alabama, and uh, he's about to to organize. Uh, we've got uh, competing from uh, Pennsylvania to Gaffney. Um, and, and a few other more people in the states are also interested in uh, in what we are doing, and to bring it over to 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 that side. We had we had Calvin Murphy coming over, judging. He's from Givai Kennels, uh, I believe Dallas, Texas, that, that he comes from, and he wants to judge at, at at one of our shows. So uh, also from the United States, there's a, a lot of interest for what we do because what we do is a complete physical test for the bull and terrier breeds without harming them. Right. And, um, and we, as 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 a, a voluntarian man, of course, I'm also in contact sometimes with people that that say, yeah, yeah, Marco, but listen, uh, they are not as tough as as fighting dogs and everything. I say, well, fighting is always a different game, but there's a lot of more glory to uh, to to gain 
when you when you win one of our contests, you know, when when a fighting dogs did did, did win over five dogs, you can call him a champion. But to win one of our tournaments, he has to beat one hundred and eleven dogs. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more glory to gain in, in what we do, and and we hope that especially uh, our sports can help to to uh, to give this breed. And that's that's why I I, I designed the sports to give this breed a sport that is recognized, that is uh, as as uh, a proper test for them. And that does them no harm at the end, and that's why that's what what we wanted. We had a lot of dog fighting going on back in the 80s and the early 90s here in the Netherlands, and uh, it's, it's, it is, there's there's no good for any breed to be involved in, in those things. Uh, from from uh, a government perspective, it's 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 a, a, one of the most easiest things you can do. Yeah, just make them illegal. And as soon as you see somebody uh, with one of these dogs, you can you can take the dog. Yeah. Uh, or when they become a threat, you you, you can you can prosecute them. Um, in, in the Netherlands, we are a little bit fortunate for the moment, and that's always for the moment with, with when it, when it's concerned about governments um, that you are responsible for the damage your dog does. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there's a, a different sense of. Um, um, responsibility in the, in the people and that's that's an important thing because here in the Netherlands it is when your dog does damage to another dog or to another person you as a person are the one that is responsible and uh, the, the, the government can keep you responsible for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's that's a good thing on, on one hand on the other hand we, we all have to, to, to realize that that the boobies are not for everybody no. They, they require a certain amount of responsibility. When I'm out, when I'm out in the fields and I'm working my dogs, and I can I can uh, be irritated by everybody that has their dog loose, uh, being a threat to the well-being of mine. But I am the one that needs to be the most clever person, and I say, okay, I need to pick up my dog and make sure that 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 nothing happens because uh, I've got a blue breed. It's, it's, it's part of the responsibility that that that, that goes along with these dogs. Right. I, I started training dogs when I was a little kid, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when, when I was a young kid, uh, I was looking at Malinois back back home, mm-hmm. and they, they were working for for police and and, and stuff like that. Uh, and my, my father was always uh, it was my foster foster father, and he always was very very hot on uh, a dog has to obey, they has to listen. Mm-hmm. And that was he always said. It's, it's in Dutch. He used to say, "I would love to say that that means he has to listen." And um, I was always watching the dogs, and and I, I learned that that looking at these dogs, there, there were there were quite a few. That the one that was the leader of the pack, it never, he, he didn't, he did never make a sound. The only thing he he controlled the group, he did just by his appearance. And I looked at. And studied at this group, and, and, and I learned that uh, the group re- responded most of the times towards what he he showed rather than the, the sound that he made. And and, and I, I started to, to get the idea that we as humans were forcing our own kind of communication up onto a kind of dog or to a kind of animal that doesn't understand um, uh, what we were trying to put across. So I said one day, I said, I said to him, I said, listen, you see, you always say that a dog has to listen. He said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. He said, well, dogs don't listen. They, they, they read. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, they don't, uh, they, they don't, they don't listen to what you say. They read what you, what, what you are doing and what you say basically only, uh, is, um, a confirmation, no, what's the, a confirmation, I think that's the right word in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, so English is not my, my, my main language, but yeah, yeah. I do my best. Um, uh, of, of, it, 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 it's a confirmation of what you are showing to them. Mm-hmm. If, if you, first your body has to say, and then your mouth just has to say, it's, that's exactly what I mean. It, it, makes, it, it can make a little bit more powerful in, in what you have already shown. You, you can give the hardest command, but as soon as you are, your body says you're insecure, no dog will respond uh, properly. So uh, I told him that, and I was about six, seven years old, so, so I got a smack on the head because in those days it was not appropriate to be uh, uh, telling somebody else that they were doing wrong. <laughs> um, I, uh, I got a smack on the head 
Uh, and in the meantime, I, I was given a dope. And uh, uh, he said, if you know so much better, take this dog and uh, see where you get. And uh, I started training the dog and uh, uh, with the same principles that I'm still teaching today in my dog school. I've trained over 7,000 dogs, so it's, it's quite a number, uh, in my dog centers. And uh, we, we, I, I still call it the in silent mode. Uh, I, I prefer to talk as less as possible to the dogs. The only things that I like to, to do is to, to encourage them. Uh, with my voice to, to make sure that they understand what I'm what I'm what I'm telling them to do, and um, uh, I, I work a lot with, with with signals, and I always teach my people uh, that that come that come for training to my to, to my uh, to my dog center. I always I always say to them, a dog can listen about thirty times better than you. So when when you are uh, giving your dog, dog voice commands. And you, you teach him that he has to use his ears all the time. He's not paying attention with two of the most important things that he uses m most of the time, which are his, his vision. The vision of a dog, uh, is, is, it's incredible the way they can, they can use their eyes uh, and, and, and detect movement uh, and their nose. So I said, when, when you, you are always there to shout after your dog, there's no reason for the dog to turn around and look at you. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you stop using that, and you you use your your, your body language like like dogs do in the wild, uh, you have to keep an eye on them. They have to keep an eye on you. They 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 they, they need to know what is going on when, when you are in charge. So uh, that, that's how we how we train dogs. It works for Staffords. It works for pit bulls. It works for for for, for shepherds. It doesn't matter what breeds. I train all the all, all breeds of dogs. Uh, in the center, and uh, uh, I, I love I love doing it. I still love doing it. I'm doing it since 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 I think 1990 something like that. Uh, fun obedience training. I like sand training, uh, agility, uh, athletics. I, I, I like to go out. We do bike drawing. You know, uh, a whole lot, a lot of things. One, my major phrase uh, I want to say to everybody is dogs need running. Every dog needs to get out and, 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 and make his, his miles to, to, to cover. Uh, that's one of the main things that, that people should do when they have, they have dogs. Uh, get, take the dogs out and, 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 go, and go on the road, hit the forest, search the mountains. We don't have that. In the Netherlands, though, we don't, don't have any mountains. I always make a joke when I say, well, when your wife becomes as flat as Holland, it's time to trade her in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's a pancake where it's a pancake where we live, right. but um, uh, you, you need you need to find the the, exi the exciting stuff to to take your dog out and, and and that's what you need to do to bond. So yeah, that that's what I teach people. And then of course you got the average, the obedient stuff. You know, like when they have to sit, they have to to uh, go down, they have to stay, they need to heal. Uh, proper work like that. They need to retrieve. They need to jump. They need to uh, all, all the stuff that that's there that's that's been taught uh, around dog training centers in the world. Uh, so some sometimes sometimes uh, a dog is so spoiled uh, in such a way and he, he misbehaves in such a way that that um, it seems to be a necessity to to use a shock collar. Um, I, I always say. I, I, I never like I never like using them and I, I never like putting them on a dog. Uh, uh, but 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 the only reason I I, I am using a dog uh, a shock collar on a dog is um, when uh, when it, it could save his life. Right. When you say that the dog's behavior is of such is such bad quality that that if if we would not interfere using that shock collar teaching him differently, uh, it would mean that he, he has to uh, he has to uh, we have to end his life. Um, but I, I don't like it. No. Right. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I think. I think that as soon as you you start to use stuff like that, um, uh, you 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 are missing. The, the true connection, what it what it means in having and training dogs. I think I think that when you when you when you use such force on a, on a dog, um, you are doing no good. There's a difference. We are humans, and they are dogs. We're not the same species. And uh, 
when you when you uh, you need you need to develop yourself as a trainer from a human perspective, uh, communicating with another species, and you wanted to do in the way that it, it, the dog, the dog becomes useful to you. Uh, sadism and dog training are not the same thing, and I think that that when you use collars, shock collars, and everything, it's closer to sadism than it is to dog training. I, I 100% agree with you. It's always been kind of a, a weird thing because, you know, I'm not super knowledgeable, but what I do know is um, personally it'd be something that I would never use, and I just don't um, – I just don't, I don't understand the trend. What? Where, why is it, it – it, why are people just relying so much on this? And it seems like it's just an easy way to get a dog to do what you want – right now and it's a quick way for the the trainer to make a, a a quick buck and look like he's a genius yeah it's it's like pressing the button on time and and and, and you, you receive a bill yeah. um uh, to, to me the dog training is not is not uh, uh it's not like that uh, dog, dog, because dog training and this, I think this is something Sean I, 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 I can put across I think that a lot of people has lost the essence of having dogs yeah. um, they, 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 they think that's okay you buy a dog and it's cute and it's fun and it's, it's great to have and you can go to dog show you can do this and maybe they can do that but they, they, they for, for, forget that. and I, I see that a lot also with, with, with modern modern people uh, coming to my dog center is that they they uh, they forget that the essence of having a dog that you are uh, you are choosing for a certain lifestyle and uh, then they, they buy a dog because they want to have it mm-hmm. and then the dog starts to uh, get bored I, I think I think out of out of the the 1,000 uh, problem uh, cases you have with dogs. I think 999 of the dogs are completely bored in their life. Right. Um, the people are not doing anything with them. The dog starts to develop certain behavior to get a certain amount of, of attention. And, um, uh, and and then that needs to be solved. Instead of people saying, okay, wait a second, I made a choice. I choose to have a dog in my life. That egoistic uh, approach uh, today, I think is the reason why people easily come forward with a shock collar, and then you have a dog trainer saying, yeah, I, can, "I can change that behavior. I can make sure that he never does it again." And you, you, you pay him. Uh, I'm not that kind of trainer. When you come to me, I very clearly say, "It's, it's you that has to change your your your, your style of of, of life uh, suitable to the dog you've chosen." Mm-hmm. And when they come to me with a, with a, with a puppy and, and uh, for, for training, uh, Sean, I always ask, "Why did you buy this dog? What are you going to do with it? What life have you? Uh, what is what is what are your plans in life?" And it's it's when when you listen to to the answers of the people, the majority says, "Yeah, I just want a companion." But in, in my book, having a companion means that you have to to sacrifice a lot of your own time because that you, you need to give that to the companion you've chosen. Right. Exactly. What are some uh, some breeds of dogs that, that that when they come to your school that you kind of like? Uh oh, these are hard to train. Oh, the the, the the toughest one at the moment are those we have in the Netherlands. We have the the KMPV. Yeah, I don't know if you are familiar yeah. with with them. We, we we from the Netherlands. A lot of dogs are imported to the USA. Uh, we have the KMPV and the breeding. Uh, of the KMPV Malinois type of dog gives a lot of a lot of a lot of trouble. Right. It gives a lot of trouble. These dogs are so specialized in police work that as soon as they are end, ending up in a family, they're, they're causing trouble. And you really need to 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 uh, teach the, the the people who have a pup like this a lot a lot a lot about what the nature of these dogs is and what they can expect. Uh, they 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 give a, a lot of work. Uh, the, the pit bulls and the pit bull crosses and the, the results of all the maniacs working in these types of dogs, uh, they are they are uh, horrifying. Actually, I've, I've, uh, I think I think it was a, a year ago that I've been I've been attacked by one of these dogs, and uh, uh, I am a 106 kilo uh, muscle on my own, uh, and I can I, I'm, I'm strong and I'm healthy, uh, but with this dog that. 
uh, did to to uh, to a female what what he did to me, she would could not have, have get him off, and uh, and he would have killed her. Um, uh, what, what people have forgotten is that when you when you are working and living your life with bull and terriers, and I, I call everything bull and terriers. If there are English bull terriers or the American bull terriers or the Staffordshire bull terriers, they all originate to one family, which is which is which is the bull and terrier type. Yeah. Uh, I don't care if they're Irish, if they're. they're, they're to me, that's all the same thing. But as soon as you are involved in these dogs, you must be very clear about one thing: is that every form of aggression towards humans must be directly, immediately be eliminated. When 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 a pit bull is aggressive uh, towards humans, uh, it's the same for a Stafford. If one of my Staffords is aggressive to 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 humans, that is straight to the vet. Straight to the vet. We 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 will never accept any form of aggression of these type of dogs towards humans. And then I look at the internet and I see that it becomes popular using all these breeds for protection work. And it's, uh, in, in my book, that's wrong. If you want to do protection work, don't get these dogs, uh, get, get a Malinois or get, get something else that's suitable, that's, that's perfected for that job. But don't, don't use these dogs. And I'm very, 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 very clear in that. And I, I trained, I must admit, I trained some of these. Uh, for shoot and for IPO uh, and everything, um, um, and it's, it's exactly those experiences that that made me say, "Listen, uh, don't do this with these dogs. Mm-hmm. Don't do it with these dogs. Get get other breeds to do that. Uh, use these dogs for a lot of other recreational stuff. Uh, love them for what they what they physically can do. Try to find physical challenges for these dogs. Go out with them, but but." Um, please understand that as soon as we are talking about bull and terrier breeds, that they must be completely friendly to humans under all circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very, very beautiful breed is the uh, South African bull bull. Mm-hmm. It has a very strong protective uh, energy when you keep it behind fa- behind the fence. They will protect your family at all times. Uh, still, to the family, they are the most friendly dogs to have. Um, that's that's a kind of, kind of breed. I would search for the breeds that have that naturally in them, and that's that's exactly what what Staffords and pit bulls and all these other dogs should not have in them. They should not have that natural uh, drive to protect. That's a complete misunderstanding of of uh, the origin the origins of of, of the bull and terrier breeds. So I would I would I would I would look at, at dogs like that. A Rottweiler will do a fantastic job. Uh, a good Malinois, a good Malinois, a Dutch Shepherd, German Shepherds. There's so many dogs who to, to call that can do that job uh, because they are much easier to differentiate. Uh, they're much better in differentiating than than, than the bull breeds. Yes, you have to you have to you have to look at it like this. And I, I've been asked the other the other day on an American forum board. Uh, because I was saying to someone who was doing protection with the staff at Chibutari that he got from Italy and I said to him it's not wise to do and I didn't want to go into any debate. Um, uh, the, the, the reason why it's not, it's not why it is not uh, wise to do is that um, the, these kind of dogs they have they have been bred to instinctively attack mm-hmm. And that's 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 what what the, what the game is in in, in a pit bull and a, and a Stafford and, and etc. was was meant throughout the centuries. As soon as the dog was game, you know that he would instinctively uh, attack, which means is that he has to do it without without even knowing that he's doing it. It means that it is in his complete nature to attack. And um, with all these dogs, if you if you teach them to attack a human, they instinctively can attack a human, and that means that they will not stop. And then you, you, you're going to have the most dangerous situations you can think about. Mm-hmm. These dogs are not for that. These dogs, these dogs are, are, are there as family companions. They're there as, as, as superb sporting dogs. You can better take your Staffordshire Bull Terrier to an agility field or to a frisbee match than you go. You know, you take them to an IP or a shoot zone field. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your uh, suggestions for um, starting training with a puppy? What uh... What does that look like for you? Well, for me, for me, starting with a puppy is, is it, well, puppy time means playtime. Mm-hmm. 
it means that everything that you do has to be very in a very playful way. Uh, as soon as something is, is uh, a puppy, it, it is learned. It, 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 the puppy needs to learn, and the puppy will learn uh, where it will get his confidence. Um, too, too many training forms we see today, like the shock collars that you 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 mentioned earlier. They are not they are not based on giving uh, a, a positive. Uh, how do I say this in English? Uh, a positive confidence, but it brings in insecure behavior. Mm-hmm. And when you are breeding up a puppy, it's not about you know it's generalizing the behavior. We just say I want a little bit less of that, and I'm I'm going to tell him that I want a little bit less of that by um, uh, giving him a little bit more of this. And that way, the dog will choose to go for that part where he, he gets the most success. So he leaves the part away. He stays away with the part that you do not want. And that's uh, that's that's the approach that we do on uh, on puppies. We, we we are with puppies. It's it's playtime, and and during the playtime, we say, okay, this is how you need to do. But it all starts with one thing, and that's when people come to my dog training center. I ask them the very simple questions: What are the goals you have with your dog? Mm-hmm. Because um, you, you you buy a dog, for instance, uh, say you buy an Australian Kelpie, and uh, you say I, I bought this dog. It's it's, it's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, and and I ask I ask the person I ask what are you going to do with the dog? Say I just want an awesome companion. And what are you going to do with the dog? What are the goals for the dog? I don't know. He just has to obey, and I want a new companion. Imagine yourself. Imagine yourself mm-hmm. working. In, with, in, uh, for for a, a, a company with the same attitude towards you, mm-hmm. when you can when you cannot grow, when you cannot develop, when you, you you do not get a compliment, when you do not get any confidence, where do you where you cannot get a, a, a little bit a better salary by by improving harder? You, you're going to have a very uh, brain dead life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same for dogs. So I always I always tell people with dogs when they come with a puppy, I say, what are the goals you have with the dogs? What do you want to do? And the, the, those people that say, oh, I just want a companion, they can give them a walk on Sunday afternoon. And for me, it's, it's it's very difficult not to say to to, to say get out of my face. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the, those are completely the wrong reasons to uh, to get a dog. To get a dog is when you when you get a border collie, you know, you, you need to find a way. If if you do not if you do not like it to throw a frisbee uh, instead right, when you have no sheep, you know, then you should not get one of these dogs. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, and that's where it all starts. Start with, with what is the goal you have for your dog? Right. What is the life lifestyle you, you, you have in mind? And, and then you start developing your dog for that what you have in mind. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, that, and then everything becomes a, a a lot more easy, mm-hmm. and then sometimes people come. Of course, and everybody ha- happens. It happens to everybody. They come with a dog, and they have a lifestyle in mind which which does not suit the dog. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you when you come to the field with a bull mastiff, and you say, "I want to do agility," something's been wrong in that in that gray mass in your head <laughs> because <laughs> it's not going to happen. You, you you know what I mean? No. <clears throat> so when you have a, a litter of. Uh staffies and you you're going to keep a pup what are some what is your philosophy on which pup you're going to keep and and what are the things that you specifically look for uh, there's one word vigor mm-hmm. vigor mm-hmm. i look for vigor i want um i'm always with my nose in the whelping box i never want to miss the first hour uh, when I'm when I'm in in the roping box and the puppies are born in a normal way, mm-hmm. uh, I always want to see uh, how they act as soon as they come out of their mother. And basically, I make a pre-selection directly when they pop out of the mother. When they when they they break out of the amnion and the mother starts cleaning them, and when you see a lot of you know when you see a lot of liveliness in that puppy and they start searching for the nipple directly, mm-hmm. uh, those are the things that I, I search for in in, in first. Uh, in the first moments, the figure is figure is key uh, to life. If, if if a dog doesn't have the figure, uh, I, 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 he will not he will not be able to to live a, a life full of sports. And when a dog stays in my home, that that's what he needs to do: mm-hmm. uh, live a life full of sports. 
So, so finger is very important. Then I look for the soundness. I measure all the pubs. Um, I want the shoulders to be to be uh, in good length. I want the upper arm to be in good length. I want the the the, uh, the legs to be in good length. I want them to have uh, good good solid feet underneath. Uh, it's easy measurement. Uh, and, then, and then eventually, it's the one with the most vigor and the most sound body is the one that that, that is a prospect to me. Mm-hmm. And I do not, I do not care about if a dog has a little bit of longer muscle or a little bit of shorter muscle or an ear is completely correct and neat on the on the on the head. Uh, I do not look for, for search for these details. I I, I, I search for uh, figure and uh, physical soundness and. Um, and then later on, when the, when the puppies grow, when the eyes open and everything more, you start to see, okay, which one picks up certain things the, the fastest, you know, so which one uses the brain the most and which one uh, can, can uh, uses the nose the most. And that way, that way you can, you can find out, okay, uh, I can use this and I can use that. Right. At, at the level of breathing, I am now today, Sean, I, I have, I have got pedigrees. And then when you, when you see the eight generation pedigree, uh, of the puppy, all the dogs in the pedigree are my own. So, uh, having, having that said, and we started with about four dogs, so you can understand that we know exactly what uh, uh, that we know exactly what we can expect from this combination that we make. Right. What are uh, some breeds that you really enjoy, but you've never really owned yourself? That, but you, you know, you really like. Their personalities. Well, if you promised me not to laugh, but I really love the poodles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really love the poodles. Yeah, yeah. I, I never had one. I worked with one. I had, uh, I worked with one once, uh, and, I, and I see them in my dog training center. Uh, um, I, I truly, I, I've got bull terriers and. Uh, uh, but I, I really love the poodles. Yes, yeah, that's exactly true. People see them as the cute ones, or yeah. you know, with, with the dog show, and you see them with these harlequin yeah. uh, coops uh, on them, and and, and uh, people uh, in fancy clothing parading around. But when you when you have once seen seen a poodle work, uh, there can only be one thing: your your mouth is falling open, and you yeah. can only admire the dog to the fullest. Yeah. Unbelievable! The soundness in that breed and, and and the way they move, the way they use their brains, the clever the cleverness, the, the the also a little bit that naughtiness in them. The way they can cover ground, they, the way they swim, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing breed, truly. I kind of felt that same way in, when I saw for the first time a real serious giant schnauzer. I I always um, kind of dismissed them because of their haircuts and what you saw on the show but when i saw a giant yeah. schnauzer uh up close doing real work it was just that was a an eye-opener that's an that's an awesome dog trust yeah. me yeah. I, I i i i i had one uh in the training uh i, th- I think it's about one and a half year ago and uh, it was a lady. She had a. She, she bought this dog, and it was it was a working dog. You know, it's one of those things where you say, okay, this is someone that that wanted a pet, and they came home with a proper working dog. Yeah. And you you can't have a, big, a bigger misconception than somebody that wants a pet and that ends up with a working dog. And it was it was also it was a recent snouter. And uh, uh, she came to my training, and, and I, I I told her a few things, and and, and she she followed a few courses with me, and I said, please take your dog to the KMPV uh, field, start doing field and protection work with him, and you you're gonna have a, an absolutely fantastic dog and a great great hobby with him. That's what suits him best, mm-hmm. and I think you as a person likes it the most. And she came to me. Where was it? I think I think it was. Uh, Last autumn, she came to me and she said, "I want to thank you so much for pointing me out in that direction because I, I've I've learned so much about my dog." But also, when I was working uh, uh, working in the suit, and you you can have a shepherd on your head in your in, in your suit and everything, but when one of these big snouts comes and hits you, man, that that is what a, what an an utterly bunch of power that is. Yes, yeah. snouts are fantastic. Yeah, absolutely.
the smaller dogs, I like a few of the, the old Dutch breeds. One is called it's Schipperke. Uh, it's a little vermin dog on uh, on the canal ships. Uh, it's a, it's a little black uh, spitz-like dog, you know, with a. Uh, 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 it's, it's a really really nice breed. I like the uh, the Dutch Mouseholm dog uh, a lot, but those those are, are very. I don't know. I don't even know if you know them up, up there. Um, I love all the terriers, basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, from from a good Patterdale to uh, to an, to an old style fell terrier. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all awesome. There there are there are a few uh, companion breeds, sold as companion breeds, but I think you know, this is a complete misconception mm-hmm. of what companion breeds should be like. You know, saying when you got a working line Labrador, uh, it's it's not a companion breed; it's a working dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, companion breeds are like. I like uh, the Australian Shepherd. I think I like that the most. It's yeah. a very intelligent dog. It's put sound together. It's, it's easy to train. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's got it's got flashy looks. Um, I, I think I think as as a companion, a modern companion dog, that one of those will be my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. I, I grew up with uh, English Bulldogs, American Pitbull Terriers, and 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 pugs. I really like what the uh, Dutch are doing with the uh, the pugs, with their infusing um, uh, terrier blood in them to to correct some of the negatives that that have happened the last uh, 25, 30 years with that breed. Yeah, that that, that breed, what that breed suffered. Uh, I have I have one in my dog training center. Uh, there was a guy coming to me. Uh, he wanted the puppy and he wanted the Stafford so bad and then we had a talk with the family they came to my house and we to, to see and his lady seemed to be a little bit not so sure you know because some of my dogs can have a bit of a temperament mm-hmm. and, and with that comes a certain amount of responsibility and I said well maybe you can do something else and he bought himself a mix in between a Stafford and a Pug one of those of yeah. breeding from the yeah. from the, uh, the Pug Club in, uh, in the Netherlands man that is an awesome little dog yeah yeah, I... that, yeah, really, really nice, really nice. When 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 this COVID stuff is over and I can go back to the field, I will I will I will make you a movie of that dog. Yeah, yeah. and I will send it to you. It's it's um you you will be completely falling in love with that if yeah. you like a pug and and, and uh, a little bit the breweries it seems yeah. to have best of both worlds. Um, there's there's plenty of temperament if you say I want to go out for a tour for hunt a little bit of vermin around 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 the property. If you say I want to do a little bit of, of modern sports, I want to do a little bit of agility in the time that I have. Uh, it will be able to do it, and still you have everything that 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 a boobry is. Yeah. Uh, in 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 what is it? In in, in a six kilo package. It's yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. I, I promise you that. As soon as this is over, uh, I will shoot you a movie of this little dog. You love it. Uh, it, people always have the tendency to look at what they have to, to consider that to be the best of it. Um, people ask me many times uh, about dogs because I've got a lot of questions about dogs. Mm-hmm. I always say, well, something is not the best until something has proven to be the best. Mm-hmm. And um, there are so many awesome dogs in the field that can, that can do a, a proper job. Um, uh, the, the dog world is such an interesting thing to, to look at and to... Uh, uh, to work in that's, that's very important there's just one thing that I want to put across uh, to you guys on your end and, mm. and that's also my opinion on here uh, in, in the past there were dog shows mm-hmm. well they're still there but the function of the dog shows completely has lost the plot yeah. in the past in the, in the past when they wanted to uh, to make breeds because they made breeds you know it's, it's, it's not something that they were they were automatically there certain areas and certain dogs for certain certain jobs um, and then the kennel club came and in, in the late 1800s and what they did is they, 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 they put up rules and they say if you wanted to have from this breed and then came this, this stupid nazistic thought uh, from around 1900 that it, it has to be a pure breed well uh, uh, like this bug situation shows that as soon as you open it up, dog showing gets a new meaning because you can say, you can give a breeder the, the, the space mm-hmm. to say, okay, he has done these and these mixes to create a better type of of, uh, of the same breed without losing any of the characteristics that we want in it to have a breed. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it, w- it would really be wise for all the kennel clubs to say, okay, for in, in certain amounts of time, say for a decade, uh, uh, we open the we open the stud register mm-hmm. and we open the the book for other breeds to be mixed in other dogs. And then the breeders, uh, it's up to the breeders to say, okay, we need to create for in, in this gene pool the same as, as what we've always had. It would it would do dog showing very good. It would do. Uh, uh, Many breeds, very good, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it would leave breeders a, a much more interesting world to breed in. They should, well, Stafford can, can do a lot of good in many breeds yeah. so when they are under a certain certain, certain size. Yeah. Um, but also for Stafford, it has to be realised that that the, the main there are only two lines, two strains of, of Staffords. So. Um, all the others, they are, they are, they were not that successful on dog showing, and, and they, they, they became extinct. So we have, we have a little bit of, of what we know, what in our breed is known as, as an R line back to Ribchester dogs back in the day in, uh, in England, and we've got M line going back to Brin, to Brindle Mick. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are two lines in, 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 in size, and they still, they are still uh, around. Well, that's the only two lines that, that they keep going on, mm-hmm. and basically, that's, that's quite narrow. Um, if, if you want to have a healthy, a healthy breed, uh, it's, it's much more better if you can say, okay, we, we have the, the six, seven, eight, nine lines, and we can completely mix with, mix it with. Mm-hmm. But if, when they do not open it, it will only become more and more narrow and narrow because the M line was the most successful in dog showing, and with us, the, the majority of our dogs is R line. But uh, uh, it's, it's all the same. It, it will narrow and narrow and narrow. Mm-hmm. and people don't find any jobs for their dogs anymore so they do not know the true value of their dogs anymore right. meaning that it's on a downhill it's on a downhill and, then, and and I think that's the biggest concern in, in, in breeding dogs and for, for, for breeders these days that somebody can say well the dog won a dog show and, and we say okay what's, what's the value of that because it, it means that somebody says like, like for instance here in the Netherlands and when you go to a dog show and your dog wins his class, he is in that class with three other dogs. But he still receives, the, 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 for, for instance, the, the youth CC for youth championship. And then the dog becomes a youth champion. Uh, what, what is the value of that? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. It, 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 it does not mean it's the best out of it. It can as well be the, the least worst out of it. And that still means that it should not be bred from. So the, 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 selection, the, the selections uh, people can choose from are so... Uh, so small. There's so much, so so less people involved in uh, uh, in testing the ability of the dog. That 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 should be done much and much 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 more. And we 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 do that with our with our event that uh, that we do each Easter the, the DSA, and um, we have uh, we have an online competition going on. Uh, but well. COVID-19 puts scratch to a lot. But after this, we will, we will continue that. And that's a worldwide competition where people can can uh, can join to, to test their bull and terriers and see, okay, uh, I got a pit bull. Let's see how, if, if I can be one of Marco's dogs in the Netherlands. They are more welcome to, uh, to give that a go. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I look forward to the dogs that actually do because it means that that gives me a challenge. And when, when I have the challenge, I, I'm aiming for better, healthier dogs. And then when I can defeat somebody else, somebody else can say, damn, Marco has won. I'm going to give him a competition. I need to breed a dog in which I can, can, can beat him. In a couple of years, I will pass him by. And uh, that, 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 is, that, that spirit is, is, is very good. But it, it has to be on a, uh, in a level where uh, dogs are not compared on their looks, but their dogs, are, their dogs have to be compared to their ability. Uh, who cares if a border collie has, has complete erect uh, ears or one ear is falling down when the dog with the, when the ear is falling down is better at herding it's the better border collie yeah that, that's because that's what they ought to do it's, it's not you understand what I mean it's not it's not the, 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 the number of white in the neck that, that makes the border collie is the way it hurts so um, um, the people in border collies should challenge each other saying I got the best herding dog yeah, I completely agree. That's that's that is what that's what necessary. That's that's what absolutely necessary. No, I completely agree. Uh, uh, the, the guy that founded uh, uh, the Stuff Chibuzari Club of America, uh, I, I think where did he come from? 
Well, he, he um, uh, I had a few conversations with him uh, back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a, he had a, a nice vision. Uh, uh, Steve, was Steve Stone his name was that, I reckon mm-hmm. something like that, and um, uh, he had he had a, he had a good vision on uh, on Staffordshire Boot areas. He was in, in contact with the with the breeders uh, in England, uh, but but. Um, the, the United States. The, one of the most important things in the United States at the moment is still is, is how, how dogs do at dog shows. Yeah. And um, the, the, the way the, the, the breed standard is written down um, for the Staffordshire Bull Terrier is it's very very open to to exaggerations. When when a breed standard says broad skull, what does that mean? What what does what does a broad skull mean? That, that in no time that that. That skull becomes huge, right. and and if, if the skull becomes huge and you want it in balance, the chest becomes huge, and then when you have a weight clause that doesn't that doesn't suit the size, uh, you 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 end up with these, these ridiculously heavy dogs. Mm-hmm. And then when judges, I want I once bred a dog. This this is a story. This is a dog I bred it. I'm, I'm responsible for it. Um, I, I, I bred a dog, and the name of the dog was Quinlan Holy Moses. Uh, and, and the dog, the dog was called Holy Moses because when he came out of his mouth, uh, he was huge. Mm-hmm. He, he had he had a head the size of a basketball, mm-hmm. uh, and and from from behind that head, the dog was completely balanced towards the size of the, the head. Mm-hmm. I never had more mating requests for a dog than for that one, and I I, I refused I feel refused to to to, to send that dog uh, up for stud. Uh, to anyone, because that is absolutely not what this breed should be about. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, the, the, the Staffordshire Bull Terrier is the fighting dog of England. It's not. It's not. And, and there was no. There were no sumo wrestlers in England. <laughs> you all know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's, um, it's the fighting dog of England, which means they need to have a lot of air. They, they, they are very much compelled. The, 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 the American Pitbull Terrier originated from the, the, the dogs we now call Staffordshire Bull Terriers and the Bull Terrier mixes from uh, from England. Mm-hmm. So, uh, basically, basically, be, be the difference is in the size, mm-hmm. and that should be the only difference. The difference in between a, a good functional American Pitbull Terrier and a good functional Staffordshire Bull Terrier should be the size, and there's a, there's a thing to that. Um, when you when you uh, read the history of, of dog fighting in England, for instance, you, you can see that the RSPCA got instructions to check child uh, cards, women pushing child cards through the street to check if there was not a fighting dog wounded underneath the blanket. So uh, the, the dogs couldn't be too big if you had if you if if, if they had a, a, a fight for their sports back in the day right. somewhere in a in a, a railway wagon uh, uh, and they had to drag it back home. You have to understand that it couldn't be twenty two kilos. You know mm-hmm. the, the the lighters were, were easier. Um, um, the, the the Stafford was a poor man's dog, mm-hmm. and, and something. This is an insight that I that I got when I came into Czech Republic for the first time. When I think it was about fourteen years ago, 40, 15 years ago, and I was talking to the guy on the camping. No, it's longer. I think it's yeah. No, it's I think it's fifteen years ago. I talked to the guy on the camping. He had a, he had a litter of little chihuahuas, and uh, I was there with one of my dogs, and uh, so so we start talking dogs. And uh, I said, well, what well, nice, and I admired the little chihuahuas. Uh, a chihuahua is a fantastic breed, by the way. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, really, really brave. Uh, in, in my dog center, the fastest dog on an agility track at the moment is a chihuahua. Yeah. Um, really, really fantastic little, little, little heroes they are. Anyway, we, I, we started, we started talking, and um, uh, he said, yeah, his, his other daughter had a. a a litter of uh, Swiss Senhoons. It's uh, a big Swiss uh, breed. And he said, well, it was too bad. She had a litter of seven. I said, well, that's nice and it's a good litter. He said, yeah, she, she, she had to put down four. Mm. And I said, why, why do they have to put, why did she have to put down four? He said, well, you have to put down four because you can't find any people. He said, that wants to feed such a big dog because they are too expensive. Yeah. Well, that was Czech Republic 15 years ago. Right. That was 2005. Right. Um, now go back to England, 1918. Right. 
go back to 1910 or, or something like that, when the average weight of a person was in, in 1880, it was about 40 pounds, 40 pounds per, per annum. Right. How, how much money were they going to spend on feeding a dog? So right. the dog can never be in England, could never be uh, bigger. Right. Um, they, they were talking in, in, in the differences in the original sports of these breeds, uh, in England, they were they were putting money on the side of a, of a fight, and they would say uh, twenty five pounds. And at the same time, in the United States, they were already fighting dogs for ten thousand dollars a side. Right. Um, there's a, there's a completely different development, but at, in the end, they're still the same dogs. And for an English person, it was very interesting, very important that the dog could do everything, but he wasn't too big and he didn't consume too much. Mm -hmm. Well, in the United States, where the, the country on its own provides a lot more, the dog could be a little bit bigger, and a little bit bigger. I remember the first American Staffordshire's that we had, and the first Pitbulls that we had, they were, uh, when you when you had 149 at the shoulder, it was a big one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and and today it is, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen not, not so long ago, I've, I've seen an American Staffordshire's area of almost 60 centimeters. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, the, 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 something's gone wrong. If you know what I mean, yeah. um, for for what well, Staffy is, should be Staffy is a pocket-sized pit bull, and that's that's how you should look at them. Uh, that's how you should admire them, mm -hmm. and that's how you should should have your responsibility with them. And uh, um, the, the the pit bulls, the, the the size that they are going up today is is it's also ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And then I, I, not too long ago, I had a, I had a little, little contact with a breeder here in the Netherlands, and they breed absolutely fantastic, fantastic pitbulls. Um, and he came up with a, with a, with a female, 45 centimeters, old school, all really all nice, old style uh, American pitbull terrier, the way we seen them uh, back in the 80s, early 90s here in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And man, that dog could could move and perform. It was absolutely a joy to watch. Um, uh, if, if you look at, at, at that, if, if you see what they're doing with the XXL bullies and everything today and, and the exaggeration that people project, I think, I think that the majority of people involved in pitbulls should go back on TV and enjoy Dragon Ball Z rather than that they would go out and put all these, these fantasies on these dogs, you know? That is, that, that, that is a little bit the point, Sean, where, where uh, the value of these athletics that we do kick in. Yeah. Um, what has proven over the years, and we we, are, we have done it with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dogs, and we, we have always kept up the records. Um, the dogs that do good, they they automatically look like the, the, these old school breeds they were back in the day. Uh, they, they're not they're not any of these modern exaggerations that you see today that could come and compete uh, in any sense. So. Um, the, the, the Dutch Stafford Athletics and the Stafford Olympics in the later stage I have developed to uh, to keep the breed type as it is rather than to, to follow the, the, the changes it was up to. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you, when you look at it as a breed perspective you can't uh, uh, you can't change the breed because um, the, the, the original task of the breed uh, has become illegal. So when, when dog fighting is illegal, you can't change the breed because you can't. You're, there's no reason why you can say that this this quality does better than than uh, we had in the past. So um, it has to be the same. And in, in Staffordshire, what you said, I was very pleased to hear what you said. That you had the differences in line, but they did not go over that that that, that amount of weight. That you know, you could see the, inf the influence of the of the individual breeders who was breeding the strains, and you could say, okay, we, and you could recognize it. You 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 knew when when you got uh, an American Staffordshire Terrier from White Rock uh, uh, in Dallas. You, you know, you, you knew how it would look like because the, the guy had a certain vision, and his dogs followed that. That's the same for the kennel you had back in the day, known as Tacoma. Uh, they were producing a certain a certain type. Uh, it could be an expert, it could be a Colby. And then when you when you looked at that, you knew where the dog was coming from. Mm -hmm. But when you put them all in a row, there was no doubt. On, even with these differences, 
that we were talking about the same breed. And then it becomes, from a genetic point of view, it becomes so very interesting because uh, uh, try to see it like this, is when, when, when uh, genetic diversity uh, is, is, is the key to health, then the more differences you have, the more diversity you have, the healthier your breed can stay. Mm-hmm. So, which means that you have to look at these breeds and people have to build on strains again, like they did back in the old days, rather than they go after one winner then to follow another winner trying to get to get to get a rosette. You must say, no, I'm, I'm going to do the long way. I'm going to build a strain of dogs that suit my purpose. And then you come to the true purpose of what at, at this moment is, is still very popular in countries like the United States. The, 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 the competitive dog showing is not the purposeful. It does not is not purposeful for the dog. It's purposeful for the people's wallets. Yeah. And um, uh, they, 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 they should try to understand is that the best the best Labrador retriever is the dog that does the best retrieving. Right. And uh, that that's that's where the value should 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 point at. And Labrador retrievers should say to to to, to other breeders. You can you can win the show, but can you beat my dog in the field? Right. And then then we get somewhere, you know. Then we get somewhere. Then we say, okay, listen, we got a dog show. We got some certain kind of experts saying, okay, this dog is sound to us. What the breed is, is after, and then we got the people in the field saying, okay, and it works good. Now, when you got a dog that that is sound, uh, confirmed the the and the breed standard and the work. I, I would go for that dog immediately if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I 100%. And, and that's for all dogs. That's for, and for all breeds. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I, I prefer uh, a complete raw raw diet, mm-hmm. uh, which which means uh, from 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 uh, a good brand, and I like to mix the brands mm-hmm. um, combined with uh, a little, little bit of kibble and. Uh, Fruit, a little bit of green vegetables, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that, and and each each dog differently. Mm-hmm. I do not feed one dog the same. It just depends. I do on not feed one dog. The same. It really depends on what 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 the dog needs. Some yeah. some dogs they, they they need they need a little bit more nutrition. Other yeah. dogs need a little bit more proteins. Other dogs need a little bit more fat because their their metabolism is just a little bit faster and they get skinny. Um, uh, there's there's not one rule to 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 feed to feed best. It, feed best is, is uh, look at your dog and and try to get the best out of it uh, in a food perspective. Uh, a good basic kibble is always is always uh, handy to have around. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, from the kibble, I prefer a cold pressed kibble. Uh, I do not like the expanded, the extruded uh, kind of pellet mm-hmm. that that they sell these days. I, I prefer the, the cold pressed ones, um, um, and, and as long as it contains the vitamins and and, and the, the minerals, uh, then it's good. Then it's good. It's been good talking to you, and uh, I had fun listening. Good. I hope it, I hope it can be of help, and I hope the people that listen to it uh, just enjoy my, my point of view of yeah. things. Yep. And uh, that that's about it, mate. Thank you very much, Marco. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I talk, talk to you later. Bye-bye.